Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe Podcast. Today we are diving back into where this podcast started, The Mandalorian, talking about Season 3, Episode 1, with myself and Ashley Coffin. All that and more after a commercial break we have no control over. Welcome back. My name is Matthew, your host. As I said, I'm joined by Ashley Coffin of Stranded Panda fame. Ashley has been joining me throughout every step of the uh, Mandalorian journey. I will say that Paul Hoppy, who is normally the uh, third member of our uh, crime crime syndicate for Mandalorian episodes, Paul has decided that it would actually be better to create content rather than just watch content. So <laughs> he is not watching things. He is uh, – Paul is, you know – creating great things. It's going to be awesome. Hopefully, he's going to come back and join us someday soon on the podcast. But for right now, it's just going to be myself and Ashley. We're going to have some other great guests. But Ashley, I'm so glad to have you talking Star Wars again. How are you doing? I'm just happy to be back like in the the Mandalorian verse. We've done it. We've covered a lot of other stuff. And I love Star Wars. But of all the mm-hmm. new Star Wars stuff, nothing can top the Mandalorian. Like, I just yeah, love it, it. It's really going to grabbing you. Yeah. Yeah. Even this episode, it was just cute. I'm like, oh, my friends are back. Yay. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of how I felt about this episode. It, And I know like you uh, – and I know you guys on the MCU cast sometimes talk about this, about how often like, you know, episode one of season three or four is a let's just remember where everybody is and kind of set things up. And that's exactly what this episode is. But I think it does such a great job of doing that. And and really kind of hooking me into, okay, what's the story going to be and where are we going to go from here? Yeah, I like that we got to see a couple people. They don't waste too much time. They're like, here's a new mission because it's always missions. It's always missions. Yeah. And that's pretty fun. Every episode feels like a and d game. <laughs> I, I think that's really well put it. Yeah, with a lot of side quests, you know, with, with a lot of like, okay, well, I'm going to help you. But first, you've got to help me do this thing first, you know. Uh, side quests are us. And and. You know, we're starting off by setting up who some of the big bads are going to be and, and that kind of thing. And I will first start by saying uh, this episode's going to have a lot of spoilers. So if you've not seen Mando Season 3, Episode 1, I would definitely recommend doing it. If you are just someone who doesn't think they're going to watch it but wants to just follow along, please listen in. Anyway, but what are you doing with yourself? I mean, it's so good. Go watch it. So, any, But anyway, if it's not your thing, either way, we're glad to have you here. So let's just kind of just start at the beginning Actually, going into this, we've obviously had two seasons of Mandalorian, and then kind of controversially, we don't have to go into all that again, but, you know, we had uh, a part of the Book of Boba Fett gave us more of the Mandalorian Grogu story. Where were you kind of coming into this in terms of, like, the the stories that were happening and what you remembered and what you're excited about and kind of what was you feeling as you hit play? It was funny because I messaged you today and I was like, what do I need to watch as a refresher? And... You uh-huh. were reminding, like you were like, just watch episode, uh, the last episode of season two, and you know what? Even if that didn't have anything to do with it, I forgot how much I absolutely like. That's one of the best episodes of TV ever. It really is ever. It so really I had a lot is. of fun, and I was like, but wait a minute, so much stuff happened, and I'm glad they had the little like the the catch up thing. But I was like, that didn't really give me enough information, but it gave me enough information for what we were going to do in this episode. Which was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just, I love, like, the little things that you see with Grogu. Like, he he has his Mandalorian outfit on. And 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 mm-hmm. my husband kind of had said to me, he's like, I, I hope that Grogu gets a little older or acts a little older. And I kind of felt like we did get that a little bit more. 
I think so, yeah. I think so. Um, it's funny because we get that early scene in the episode where it's the armorer preparing this new helmet. Yes. And, and they did a really good job of giving you no idea what was happening. And so you think maybe this is like, maybe this is a flashback of when Din That's first what became. I um, but to be honest, like one of my first thoughts as I first saw the helmet was, is there a place for ears? Like, is this going to be oh. like, you know, Grogu becoming a foundling? In a, I, I, don't think I feel so, like we but might be getting there. He's teaching him the way. <laughs> certainly, certainly. And and then we get that great reveal of, because I definitely thought it was Dan once we saw the mm-hmm. kid. He's going through the oath. And I have to say, I'm really glad they didn't do something because obviously a lot of this is going to be about – you know, Din's promise to to never take the helmet off, and he did that, and this idea of, like, what does it mean to be a Mandalorian? And there's, like, I've got rabbis and pastors and religious folks lined up because there's so much to talk about here <laughs> in terms of all that. But the way they showed it was that the kid never actually says the words, I promise to never take the helmet off because when the, the Big crocodile turtle thing attacks – I was a little worried that they were going to say, look, this is Din. And look, he technically never said that part of the thing. So it's a, I'm really glad they didn't do it. They were just like, nope, this is modern day. Here's what's happening. Instead. I didn't even think about it that way, which would have made a lot of sense for it. it's like, well, he has an out. Um, all yep. I was fascinated. I was like, that helmet is so sick. That blue. I loved it. Yep. Um, it's really cool. I, it was funny because when I saw the bubbles start to come up in the ocean, I was like, uh-oh, it's definitely big monster time. And the first thing I thought was Paul would absolutely have hated this first episode. <laughs> yeah. I, I I both was excited because I, I thought that they were not going to watch it at all. And then I know you had talked to Paul somewhat. Um, it's it's whole, still 50-50. Oh, it all depends on Lee. And it, I know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk to Lee. <laughs> uh, it, good luck. I'll get her. I'll get her. <laughs> Uh, you know, if you can do it, more power to you. But I do think that, yeah, I, I, I watched that first scene and I was like, ugh. I, if nothing, because I know Paul, Paul has, has said that, like, he, they just don't want to be on podcasts where they're just going to be talking a lot of what they didn't like about it. And so that was part of the thought. So there's a lot of good stuff here. They may want to join us halfway through the season or at the end of the season. But even I, maybe this is my friendship with Paul or just in general, Paul, Paul's a vegan and, and I think cares an awful lot about animal rights and and really has helped open my eyes to why is it that so often we show a cool combat scene by just showing some big animal they can kill and And i felt that during this i was like why are we doing this (laughs) we didn't really right and then i had a million i was like why don't you guys just retreat why aren't you all flying you all have jetpacks why is this taking so long but <laughs> right, just go back into the cave. Maybe don't if you know that this beast is going to be there. Maybe don't like do your you know don't go into its home and then be surprised when it attacks you <laughs> and get mad that you have to kill it. So that being said, though, I I did really like getting to see that scene, and it was nice to see like the armor is still here. Yeah. That the the um that the Mandalorian community has has regrown itself somewhat. It was so small after being attacked by the Empire in, in seasons one and two. So, yeah, that was nice to see. Um, but once again, remembering that, like, I mean, if ever there was a time to sort of be like, oh, hey, we forgive you for taking your helmet off once, it would be you just rescued our entire community. I, nope. But instead, it's like, nope, she's she's still a hardliner. Yeah, she's a jerk, but I like her a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, I think we're going to do a whole thing on like the the ideas of religious sex and stuff like that as its own episode. But 
I'm kind of curious for you, uh, what's your interest or how do you feel about the storyline that you're telling us about, like, there being these different groups of Mandalorians, different rules and laws and all that kind well, of thing? Well, it's funny you say sex because that's what we were talking about. And he's like, do they just get down in their helmets? And I was like, yeah, I mean, I would guess so if you're never allowed to take it off. You have to be <laughs> down. And I was like, in a, a, a part of, you know, one side of that's pretty hot. But the other side, you're like, huh. Yeah, I guess they have to do everything with their helmets. And it's just like, that's a that's a lot. Because if you think back mm-hmm. to the episode with Bill Burr, <laughs> and he had to take off his helmet or everybody was going to die and the mission was going to fail. Like, what do you do? Right. What do you do? Yeah. <sighs> well, and it's funny, too. It, a, this is hilarious because I meant sects as in S-E-C-T-S. Oh, my God. I heard As in sex. like different religious <laughs> sects. Um, <laughs> Ashley, I have, this is why I've missed you on the podcast. We need these conversations. But you're right. It's a thing. And that and that's like – to me, the uh, I was thinking a lot about that episode with Bill Barr, particularly because I think this is a question that often comes up in religious conversations is – can you bend or even break the rules if the situation allows right. it, you know? And like, for example, I'm not Jewish myself, but I was raised in a Jewish family. I have a lot of experience with that. And one thing I know is very true in Judaism is that there's a lot of rules of like, okay, here's the religious law, but in order to preserve life, you can you can break it, you know? And so, for example, on Yom Kippur, when Jews are supposed to fast uh, all day, and I, I, I do that myself, um, I heard many rabbis say that like, if you're – the gift of life that you got from God is so important that if you were going to put your life at danger, then you're not only not – you shouldn't fast, but you're forbidden mm. to like obey the religious rule. And I – um when my step-grandmother was in a uh, nursing home, a Jewish nursing home, the rabbi came and basically was like, look, none of you are going to fast this year. You're in a nursing home. You need yes, to you Don't, need don't to try to eat. fast. And, and I think that's it, – it's so interesting to me comparing that to – you know, and, and, and like what, what Din's going through, I really recognize as real because I remember when I was running a church, you know, a fairly progressive, open-minded church, we'd get people who were like, you know, they had been raised in one tiny sect of very conservative Christianity. And not only did they think that others were wrong, they just didn't know we existed. Yeah. And so when I would meet someone like that in whatever setting, they'd be like, well, Wait, you're not a Christian because you don't, you know, you allow music in church the way some some folks do, or you know, you know, when women can dress what they want, but whatever it is, and so yeah, so all this stuff about Mandel, like you know, uh, Bo-Katan I'm and such a like Bo-Katan. Being, like that's why I love right her exactly so much, exactly yeah. So I just I I'm really glad they're setting all that up, and I feel like we're gonna get a real journey with him where I, I don't know, I don't want to predict anything, but it feels to me like this is gonna be one. In the same way that the first two seasons, the whole point was to get Grogu to the Jedi, and then they realized they didn't really do that. I feel like this isn't going to end with Din getting to go back into the armor's version of the Mandalorians. Like, we're going to get him at the end saying, like, you know what? I can be a Mandalorian without this. I can have this connection with Grogu. I can take my Katie Sack off and, and uh, Bo-Katan, <laughs> I know, but I just love the actors so Me much. Too. You know, they they have some ideas, and maybe... The watch is not the only way to be a Mandalorian. Well, it's so funny with Bo-Katan because it's like at the end of season two, nobody would have said Mm -hmm. anything if he just handed her the Darksaber. Everybody in that room would have probably kept their mouth shut. Just kill Moth Gideon and move on with your day. Everything has 
you know, fallen into shambles for her because that didn't happen. And it's like you're calling them cultists and saying all this stuff. But then you follow the same kind of rules that don't make any any sense. So you're falling into the same thing. That's actually a really good point. I haven't even thought of it. You're right. She, her group had, and I think in some ways, like, she seems to be somewhat aware of that too. But like, like she keeps talking about it. It's not just that she believes she has to win it. It's that she, she wants it as a propaganda tool. Mm-hmm. She's like, the people only believe it. <laughs> yep, exactly. And I just like, I don't know, I, this wouldn't be the plot they have. But part of me just thinks like, he should just be like, okay, well, and like, just shove her once. Yeah. <laughs> and she like punches him a couple times. Does it have to be And death? he falls to the He's ground. He's not dead. Moth Gideon's not dead. So what are we doing here? <laughs> yeah, like get a fight. But anyway. It's, sure. It's, <laughs> But I think I think that's such a great point you made about how really it is these they both have these mythologies they're clinging to. And and I think there could probably be some ways that they they learn from each other that. And and not just the two of them, but as she says, be, she had this army ready to go. And when she came back without the dark saber, they're all like, All right, no, no. And it was interesting that Mando showed up and he was like, Oh, I'm here to join you. I didn't think that's what he was really there for. I thought he was gonna ask direct like where the thing was, but he was like, I'm here to join up. And I was like, where did right. that come from? <laughs> I got, I definitely got the sense that he had come to believe in some level of what she 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 wanted. Mm-hmm. But also I think that it's supposed to be like, you know, a lot of time has passed. Uh, I was reading an inter- interview, I think, with Dave Filoni where he said that the implication is supposed to be that uh, Grogu was with Luke Skywalker for two years. What? So oh. it's been a long – I know. That hasn't really been a made clear yet. A little screen text. That'd be nice, right? You know, I, I think the fact that Navarro is so different gives us some Planet indication Dave of Navarro. that. I couldn't stop. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Um, with uh, Carl Weathers doing his best uh, Lando Calrissian going respectable impersonation. Was, he but, looked fierce. <laughs> did you notice that there were two tiny little droids carrying his cape? I immediately was like, oh, that's what I will do when robots become a thing. AI, what am right? I going to do with AI? It's going to carry my cape. <laughs> Yeah, ladies in waiting. Just absolutely <laughs> love it. Everything about him was great. But yeah, I, th- I think that was supposed to be the way we knew. But I, I, I thought it was like six months or something. I didn't realize it was two years. Interesting. But yeah, so I, I think that's the point. Is supposed to be that like he's come around somewhat. Whether he actually, I think he's sincere enough that he's like, well, I, I want to be part of the the Mandalorians again, and so if that means helping you, and also you know. To him, it's all kind of the same thing. But yeah, I think that's, that may be part of it is that he's sort of like, well, you say that you're the Mandalorians. The Watchers are the Mandalorians. I don't really know. I think I think it's going to a lot of be his internal struggle about yeah. that. Yeah, Maybe he's going to create his own Mandalorian like Luke did. Could be. Could be. <laughs> We're going to be Could gray be. Jedis and gray Mandalorians. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what'd you think of uh, all the pirate piracy that we had? Oh, yeah, that side stuff. They, I thought that the um, effects looked amazing. I thought they really looked mm-hmm. good. I also think that they were like, oh, no, we made a huge mistake when they thought they were going to take him down. <laughs> I I don't remember which Pirates of the Caribbean movie. I was movie just going to say had... that with Bill Nye, not the science guy, but the other one from Shaun of the Dead. And he's... Well, I, I'm not sure. Maybe that's the actor. But yeah, it was like they, they, they did Davy Jones in yeah, this better too. than they did Davy Jones in Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. So that was fun. I'm a little bit of a musical theater bitch. And so when I heard someone say that he's the Pirate King, I wanted the Kevin Klein, you know, Gilbert and Sullivan. I am the Pirate King. We, <laughs> yes. We're not going to get that. 
Um, now, you have never seen the character Hondo Anaka on screen, have No. You? Who, was that the main pirate guy? So Hondo Anaka was a big pirate guy in the animated shows, the Clone Wars and the Rebels. Do you remember the character of Cad Bane, who we saw towards the end of Book of Boba Fett? Yes. So in those shows, there was kind of like – there was like scary, scum and villainy assassin man Cad Bane – and then there was, like, zany comic relief uh, pirate person, and that's Hondo Anaka. Okay. Ka- was Cat Bane the blue guy? Okay, yeah, gotcha. With gotcha. the cowboy hat. He was in and- the end of Mando. No, he was at the end of yes. Boba Fett. Yes. Boba okay, Fett. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. E- easy to mix those two up. But, yeah, so so Pirate King makes – it felt a little bit silly, but at least it gave it a little bit of, like, a uh, an idea of, like, what's happening on Navarro and stuff like that. I hope it might lead to Lan- – Ma- Lando. I hope it might lead to Hondo. There's a lot of Hondos in the universe <laughs> there. I think that's uh, a very there. fair mistake. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. But it was it, – it did not seem the the greatest plot line, but I did think that – I think this was something you pointed out when we talked about this in uh, episodes of last season. They're sometimes doing this thing where they like – they have our hero fighting a big group of the quote-unquote bad guys – and they present the scene from the bad guy's perspective almost like it's a horror movie <laughs> with like just and, – and and so the idea of these pilots like not knowing what's going yeah, on left, but just right. seeing random explosions. Hey, you guys was, brought the fire. <laughs> right? I, I just thought that was so well done. I really loved it. I like that we got little Babu Franks or whatever they're called. The <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, Azulans, I think it was, something <laughs> like that. Um, yeah, they were fun. I liked uh, baby Grogu wanting to hug bad one of them. Baby, and bad like, baby. No. <laughs> you know, it's like if you've had a great Dane in your house or some other very big dog that just has all the affection and love, but it. not the boundaries. <laughs> that was awesome. I, I just thought the they're making baby Grogu. I, th- I think he's more interactive. I think he's more able to, like, have discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, he's learning. He's learning, but they're still not. They're like, look, the cuteness is going to sell all the toys, and we're he here for that. He does this all wave, the, thing about- the little wave when he mm-hmm. arrives and leaves places. I can't. <laughs> I mean, did you not have an urge to spin around in your office oh, chair? Oh my after gosh! Him do that? Over and over, so cute. Mm-hmm. And just having having Din say, like, you know, correcting his name is Grogu. I thought it was also a really nice moment of like just showing again the connection those two have. No, it's so interesting because it's like, where are we going with this? And it's like, mm-hmm. it, it always goes back to the question: Why don't we know anything about Grogu with where we are right. in the stories now? And uh, they, they, it's it's a hard story to tell, and I'm really interested to see where we're going. Yeah, I think it's true. I think it's true because it better not end sad. Yep. I can't handle it. I don't be able to handle that at all. You know, I, I... I don't think anybody could. I think they're going to have to do a lot of fancy footwork to not let us think that this all ends with Kylo Ren killing baby Grogu when he destroys the temple. Like, <laughs> I know. No, I will never it's bad, bad Adam Driver, but... <laughs> I know, I know. That's what I was thinking is, what are they going to do if they put your Adam Driver against your baby Grogu? A, like, I'm just... Like, I get it. He's a baby. No, I don't know. That'd be really hard because he's so cute. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> We're not there yet. I, I imagine. Let's, let's, yeah. <laughs> they'll find 
they'll they'll find some escape hatch to like get get out of that one. But we'll we'll see. Well, one thing I I really love about the dynamic we have is uh, I'm I'm someone who's kind of immersed in all things Star Wars, and I know for you you really love the live action stuff. You haven't watched a lot of the Clone Wars, the uh, animated stuff, or the books. Were there stuff that you had questions about, or that you were like, hmm, I wonder what that's supposed to be a reference to, or anything like that? I feel like not so much in this episode because we've talked about a lot of stuff that's going on. So I know what happened on Mandalore. I know about mm-hmm. the different Mandalorians and like where he's going. I know about the pools. So not quite right. yet. I don't think. Is there something that mm-hmm. maybe you think I would have missed not there, knowing about anything? There's one thing I think you might have missed that I wanted to bring you up in. There's one thing I thought you might have missed, but I just wanted to make it an open question. Did you know what those shadows were that Grogu oh, was the giant seeing in squids. hyperspace? No, no, I didn't. So, I thought it might have just been something pretty. So this is actually a really cool thing, and it was a, it was a great Easter egg they dropped. Those are what are called the Purgle, mm. and they're basically like tentacled space whales that live in hyperspace. Okay. We only know about them because they were a big part of the Star Wars Rebels TV show. Oh, Okay. Now, do you remember in season two, Ahsoka talks about the person she's looking for is Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yeah, he's bad. Right. So he's part of the Empire. So the end. Is he Spoilers blue? for the end. <laughs> okay. Yes, he was blue. <laughs> See? Okay, I know. <laughs> he, he was an alien race called the Chiss, uh, who were blue and red eyes. Very well, ju- well Is that just like the guy who was at the end of Boba Fett? Blue and red eyes? Uh, no, I think he's supposed to be a different um, different race. And them and they're blue and red. Okay, go ahead. I, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing. Sorry, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> it's a good color scheme. <laughs> but anyway, the point being, at the end of the last season of Rebels, the end of the last episode, again, spoilers if you want to – it's 15 years ago or some amount of years ago by now. I'm bad at math, but um, it's been all the world. But if you don't want to get spoiled, skip ahead. But what happens is – Ezra, who's been our main character, hero, he's a he's training to be a Jedi. He's like a teenager. He's like 17, 18 by that point. Um, I think he's 19 by that point, actually. Him and Thrawn are on a ship that gets basically taken by the Purgle out into hyperspace. Oh, no. As a way – because the, the Purgle live in hyperspace. And it's a way to like save the day and prevent the, the Star Destroyer from like blowing up all the rebel bases and stuff. But they're just gone. And then at the, the show ends with Ahsoka and, and some of the other characters saying, we're going to spend our time now looking for Ezra. And that's how the show ends? Yeah. Oh. And so when Ahsoka said she was looking for Grand Admiral Thrawn, that was a big, you know, uh, Easter egg for us of like, okay, so Thrawn's They're back. That means that. Ezra's that's probably okay. back. And so to me, the fact that we're seeing those shadows of Purgles tells me that that storyline is going to somehow play. That maybe she, they're going to meet up with Ahsoka again. That maybe he's going to be – Mando's going to be the one to find them. I don't think it's that. But I think we know the Ahsoka show is coming. So I think this is all going to kind of help set up the Ahsoka show. But yeah, I wanted to let you know about that because it was such a like – I know exactly what that is. And I think half the audience has no idea what's well, happening. Well, we got really like tense and I was like, don't reach out to that because I thought he was like reaching out to it with the force and maybe you're going to get mm-hmm. their attention. And I was like, that doesn't yeah. look like a good idea. And then it didn't happen. And I was like, okay, that was just really pretty, I guess. But it also mm-hmm. felt very threatening. Yeah, I think that's very fair. I think that's very fair. And I think that's a good attitude of what the the Purgle kind of are. Okay, so. cool. 
because in a lot of ways, part of what they represent is like the empire feeling like it can control nature and control creation and and just like nope, there, there's huge animals out here that you don't understand. Yeah. They live in hyperspace. They're kind of force sensitive and they do what they want. <laughs> so cool. It's really awesome. One other plot line I do remember that I wanted to ask you about from this is so when you hear the word self-destruct, particularly when you hear the words, I am built with the idea that no one should be able to capture me and understand how I work, so I'm going to self-destruct. Okay. Does that lead you to think that I'll actually just be a – there'll be enough of me to make a statue and then turn me back on with minimal – because no. like – IG-11 did not seem like he'd been self-destructive. <laughs> I feel like Mando just, uh, he he just doesn't trust them. He doesn't trust the robots. And that was the one he trusts. Mm-hmm. So he was just willing to do anything. Because I did not yeah. expect a Terminator moment there when it started crawling across the floor. Oh, it's and, so uh, good. Because I was like, oh my God, are we going to get Taika back? What's going on? And then, no, we went straight Terminator 1. <laughs> just pulling uh-huh. himself across the floor. And then he got killed by the head, which I thought was adorable. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, no, I was uh I was like this isn't going to work. But they're still trying. <laughs> they are still trying. I admit like I teared up a little bit when I saw that statue. I was like, I was like what oh. a nice way to remember like the sacrifice he mm-hmm. made. And then when he kind of came back to life, I here's the way I think of it. I think that John Favreau and Dave Filoni are basically saying, "Look, we said self-destruct. Let's hand wave and forget we said self-destruct and You'll get Taika Waititi. If, you, if you're willing to forget about that, we'll give you Taika Waititi back. And yeah. I'm willing to accept because that. Because why deal, hasn't you know? anyone tried this up until now? That's what, when he was like putting him back together, I was like, we didn't try this. We were just like, it was kind of like, um, R, not R2-D2. Um, what's the one with the uh, Babu? F- oh, God, I can't. This is so embarrassing. Marker. C-3PO? C-3PO. It was like yeah. C-3PO when they wiped his mind and then they were like, oh, well, we didn't kind of have to do that. <laughs> it's like, oh, right. OK. Oh, and you can get it back. Oh, OK. No consequence. Yeah. And like <laughs> if the whole point is that you self-destruct not as a way of doing damage, but because like your manufacturer doesn't want your secrets. Fall- like, yeah. And how did he fall in the lava or was he just like a lava proof metal? I don't know. I don't know. I don't Never care. Explained. Bring back. So- Tyga. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I have to be on record rolling my eyes about it for 30 seconds, but we get Taika again, so I'm, I'm just glad it. it didn't like work right away. Mm-hmm. I yeah. appreciate that. And then but then I was like, "Oh, here we go, going on a side mission." Yeah. <laughs> and and it is it is though a nice thing of like you said that like, you know, for Mando, he so didn't trust this one, but it just it's all about his it, it's not that he's like, "Oh, okay, IG was good, so therefore all droids are good." It's no IG was good, therefore he's the only droid Just I will ever one. work with ever again. <laughs> That's so, funny. I'm here yeah, for come it. hell or high water. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to do a bonus section as always for patrons. But before we get to that, uh, Ashley, any of the last things you wanted to comment on about this episode? Um, not much. It was cute. It was short. It was all like with a little bow mm-hmm. and I'm ready to get into the mix. Yeah, I think so, too. I feel like this was a nice intro. I'd like a little meat, more meat next time. But in terms of the things that they said, like, you know, they're just pretty signposts. Like, we're going to go the Mandalorian route. We're going to go the whole religious sex. I can't wait to see the planet. Sex. S-E-X. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're going to go all this thing with pirates. Like, cool. All right. I'm here for all 
Well, Ashley, I'm so glad we got to have you on because I know you, you're you a little busy these days. Um, you are a host of an award-winning podcast. <laughs> so tell us a little about uh, – I, I think everyone on this listening here has knows what you, you're up to. But for anyone who isn't or needs to be reminded, where can they find the great Ashley Coffin? Uh, you can always find me at the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast where we're covering all things Marvel, most recently Ant-Man. We're doing some fun stuff on our Patreon for our patron uh, – exclusive videos and little things like that commentary during shows. So definitely come check us out there. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Ashley does great stuff there. She also has a whole podcast of her own with a great co-host called Bill and Ashley's terror theater. <laughs> We're going to be talking to her about that in our bonus section. So check out all that. And of course you can find those podcasts as well as my podcasts are all part of the stranded Panda podcast network. You can find it by going to strandedpanda.com. And if you want to find just specifically the podcast that I'm doing, uh, it's all part of ethical Panda. You can find it at theethicalpanda.com. Uh, and there you'll find all the ways to contact us. We want feedback. I want this to be an ongoing conversation with you all about um, what's happening on Mandalorian. What do you think? What are your theories? What are your hopes? What are your fears? What are your, you know, recipes for great cookies that look like Mandalorian? <laughs> Whatever it is, let me know. Uh, you can find all the ways to contact us, Twitter, Facebook, email. I'm doing a lot of TikToks these days. I really like TikTok. Find us on The Ethical Panda on TikTok and you get all that great stuff there. So please check all that out. Let us know what you think. Check out what Ashley is doing on MCU cast, Bill and, uh, at Bill and Ashley's Terror Theater. All that can be found on strandedpanda.com. And most importantly, have a great day. Bye.